good evening and welcome to our midweek devotion uh, this is Pongane Gama and I am your resident preacher from Atres Village Church of Christ and this is our regular midweek uh, devotions uh, remember last week I promised you that I'm going to do the book of Philemon uh, on Friday, last week Friday, but I couldn't because I was held up. Uh, I had to go home for a funeral of my uncle. So on Friday, I was too busy uh, around the yard and doing things that pertaining to the funeral. But this week on Friday, definitely we'll be talking about the book of Philemon. But today, we'll be delving into the book of Job, chapter 17, verses 1 to verse 2. You, you can read from verse 1 to 16 if you... You have time, but today, more specifically, we'll be dealing with chapter 17, verses 1 to verses 2. But before we begin with what we are going to do, I think it's proper that we need to go to God with the word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this beautiful day that you have blessed us with. We thank you for the life that you have given unto us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us on a daily basis. We want to thank you more, especially, Father, during this day. As we have lived throughout this day, Father, because of your grace and your mercy, Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us on a daily basis. We want to come to you before and we want to place ourselves before you, Father, with humble hearts. We want to say that we are grateful for all the things that you do for us and we want you to give us the strength that we need so that we might be able to live accordingly. Father, we know that we have faults that we present. We have certain things that we do which are not right, Father. We sin against you, Father, with our mouth, with the things that we say with our mouth, with the things that we think with our brains and our minds, Father. We, we sin against you, Father, with the things that we do against each other, Father, the actions that we portray, Father. We want to ask for forgiveness, Lord, because you are the God of forgiveness, the God of second chances, Father. Give us the strength that we need so that next time when we see these things, we might be able to live better, Father. We want you to grace us with your presence each and every single day in our lives so that we might be able to show people that we are Christians. And whatever we do, we do it because of your grace and your mercy, Father. We want uh, to pray at this point in time, Father, for the sick who are lying in hospitals, those that are not feeling well, and the doctors, the nurses, the hospital staff, Father, the management staff and everyone who's working tirelessly in hospital to make sure that the, 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 the sick people are taken care of, Father. We want to pray for the country, the president, the cabinet, the ministers, all of them, Father. We pray that you might be able to bless them with wisdom and understanding to run this country into a proper way. And we also want to pray for the vaccine, that you might be able to stretch out your, 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 your blessed hand upon it so that it might be able to do what it's supposed to do, Father, in terms of making sure that people are, are, are immune to the virus, Father. We pray also for all that is happening in our country. May you intervene may it be uh, in matters of economy, in matters of job seeking, in matters of everything, Father, intervene, matters of morality, matters of religion, intervene, Father, so that people might be able to see the power that you symbolize each and every single day. We pray all of this, that whatever we're going to talk about, it might be able to come from your weight. And all that are listening, Father, let them listen with the understanding that you are teaching and you're going to teach us all that we need to know about you and about the things that we are supposed to do, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Now, as we delve into the book of Job, chapter 17, we, we, we get to chapter 17, understanding that Job, at this point in time in his life, is actually broken and he's in a mess. He's, he's a broken mess at this point in time. And, and it's quite understandable because if you go back to chapter 1, especially verse 1 of chapter 1, we see there uh, uh, the Bible talks about the fact that Job was a man in the land of Uz who was actually blameless and upright. And he actually feared God and turned away from evil. This is scripture now praising Job for being a man who is blameless and upright and being a man who actually feared God and turned away from evil. And, and, and we could understand that when we talk about a man who's actually blameless in front of God and in front of others, we talk about a man who has a character that is actually unquestionable. You could look at Job's character and you couldn't question anything about his character. He was a man who was living his life for God each and every time. You would see when you read also in chapter 1 that the Bible talks about the fact that every time his kids would have a form of a celebration, the next day Job would go into a, 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 a form of a worship and a praise and worship and actually ask God on their behalf to forgive them for everything that they've done wrong in death. If anything that is wrong might have transpired in the, 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 the particular parting or ceremony that his kids have held, God might be able to forgive them. And I think today we need more, more fathers who would be like that, more mothers who would be like that, who would stand up and pray for their kids and actually ask God to guide their ways and actually say to God, you know what, I know my kids and I understand that I cannot be with them 24-7. But whatever they do, Lord, even if it's something wrong, can you please forgive them? Because we understand that the modern day children, the modern day kids, wherever they are, wherever they are doing, sometimes they do things that are bad. Sometimes they do things that do not reflect what their parents are actually believing. And sometimes it's good for you to pray that some of the belief that you have should be able to wrap off on your kids. You know, the, the, the most important thing for us is that our beliefs are not to be forced on our kids, but it needs to be taught in such a way that our kids understand that what is good and what is not good in their lives and this is the kind of joke the kind of person Job was. He was actually a person who was blameless before men and before God. He was actually upright before men. He feared God and he actually turned away from evil. And how many of us can actually say that today about each other? Because sometimes we have a tendency of running to evil instead of turning away from evil. But yet the Bible talks about Job as a person who was recognized among the people who would actually turn away from evil. You know, sometimes we even praise people who run to evil with even praise them when you see them on youtube and on facebook carrying guns and and going to rob banks and then we say this guy is very courageous this guy is very brave we would even praise them for having that courageous attitude even though it is displayed in an evil manner you see we live in an atmosphere today that actually makes it right for us to praise evil but here we see job not praised about evil things but is praised about good things the bible says he was blameless and upright and he was also known as a man who feared God and as a man who turned away from evil. I, I think the question is are we turning away from evil today or are we running to evil? Now you look at what actually happens in chapter 1 and, 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 and the fact of the matter is that 
the sons of God actually went in the presence of God. And, and amongst them, the Bible talks about the fact that the devil was amongst the sons of God who actually went into the presence of God. And, I, and I'm guessing, I, I'm looking at this thing from the standpoint of uh, uh, maybe they are going to report about the things that they were going to do. Because you can see the conversation between God and the devil is that, what have you been doing all along on earth? And the devil answers that I've been roaming around the earth. And God says, have you actually observed? Have you actually observed my servant Job? And it's more like God is saying, have you actually been doing your job? Because if you look at the word for the devil there, it's called Satan. And in, in Hebrew, it's called Satan. So he's actually saying to him that, you know what, have you actually looked at Job? Have you actually been doing your job? Have you seen Job? Because the word for Satan means adversary. And adversary means an enemy or an opposer. This is what God is saying to the devil. Have you actually been looking at Job? Is there anything that you can actually look at Job and oppose in Job? Can you look at Job's character and actually see something that is wrong? And that's the work of the devil. The devil actually accuses us. He actually he actually opposes everything that we do. He is actually an adversary. He's an enemy of good things that we are trying to do. And 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 God says to the devil, "Have you looked at my servant Job?" Have you observed his action? Have you seen him? Have you actually looked at his character? What kind of person do you see when you look at Job? <laughs> and you know the devil always tries to find something. And, and this is what the devil says to God. He says, you know what? You are the reason why Job has an unquestionable character. And God says, why? He says, you continue to bless him. He, he opposes Job, but he says, you, God, you are the reason why he has an unquestionable character. You are the reason why he's actually not doing evil things. Why? Because you bless him too much. And, and that's understandable. Because if you look at Job, Job had material blessing. Job was blessed with wealth and he had a beautiful family. And some, some of those things are some of the things that when we have those things in life, we don't see no reason to turn away from God. And, and sometimes when you have those things, we, we feel like we can conquer anything. We, we feel like we can pray and we can do all these things. And that's why the devil says, if, if you can take away those things, then you would see the true character of Job. The question is, if you have a car now, or if you have money now, if, if it might happen that those things must fade away, would you still be a faithful Christian? If you could lose your job today, would you still remain as a faithful Christian? And God says, okay, fine. Go and do as you please with Job. Go and do as you please. But, this is what God says. God says, but, do not harm him. He says, do as you please. Do not you know, so, so sometimes you need to understand that, that God allows these things to happen. In, but he sets a limit. He, he sets a limit. You see, he says to the devil that I limit you. Don't kill him. Don't harm him, but do as you please with him. 
You, you, you see, some of these things that we need to understand because some of these things, they have to happen to us because it's necessary for us to go through them so that our faith needs to be tested. You know, I always say that a faith that is not tested is not a faith that is trusted by God. A faith that is not tested is not a faith that is trusted by God because he needs to be tested that whether he will forfeit all of those things, whether he will stand firm in his faith or, or what. He, he needs to be tested that whether he trusts God because of these things or he trusts God even outside those things. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 18 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. He will not let you. He allows it, but he sets a limit. If he knows that this is over the limit for you, he will never he will never let you, he will never let the temptation go beyond that limit. He sets a limit. And whatever is coming your way as a temptation, he knows. He knows that if you have faith in him, if you trust in him, you will be able to overcome that thing. Now the devil goes. And he takes everything that Job owns. He takes the children, he takes the wealth. Still, Job does not tend to evil. He does not even curse God. Eh? He comes to church like a regular individual. He, he, he does not say to people that, you know, where is my God when I'm in need? Because he understands that even in that time of need, God is still present in his life. He understands that even if he does not have all of that wealth, he still has God as backup in everything. So he does not tend to evil. He does not resort to going to murder people in order for him to accomplish what he has accomplished before. He, he does not go back to, to say, you know what, if God, if these things are not here with me, I cannot leave. So I'd rather go take a gun and go and rob people for me to have all those things again. He does not do that, but he says, you know what, I'm going to accept the situation because even in the midst of the situation, I still have my God. You know, I see a man who is willing to praise and worship God, even through trying times. You, you know, we normally go to Facebook and post all of these beautiful things as the beautiful accomplishments. But once those things, those things are not even there, we're not even posting of our difficulties. We're not even posting of our failures. The only things that we put on display is the successes that we have actually achieved. But what about the failures? We praise God throughout all of those things. You you would, you would post yourself behind a car and, and you would point a car and you would say, look at God in my life. But once those things are taken away from you, do you then go back and post the poverty that you're living in and say, you know what, even in the situation, look at God, I'm still alive. Do we do that? But I see Job doing that. I see Job saying to himself that, you know what, even if I do not have all of these cattle, all of these sheep, all of these goats, all of these things, but I still have life. I can even lose my kids, but I still have life. And if I have life, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to glorify God. And then he takes it a step further, the devil. You know, don't ever try and touch the health of someone. I'm telling you, brethren, that the reason why the reason why we have false prophets and false teachers today is because people are so desperate to be healed to such an extent that they can go and do anything for the sake of their health. 
Now, the devil takes it a little step further. He says, okay, fine, we've taken away the wealth and the children, but yet he does not move. But let us touch his body now because people don't want to die. The temptation is that I want to live in this body forever. So if if, if you make me sick, I'm going to try by all means to get a cure for this body. So I'm not going to worship God anymore with my money, but I'm going to seek the best medical care that money can buy. If it, Even if it means I have to go to America for that care, I'm going to do it. As long as money can buy me the best physicians on earth, I'm not going to give at church anymore. I'm not going to come to church anymore. But I'm, I'm going to focus on getting better. Because I don't want to die. And, and the devil does that to Job. He, he takes away his health. And, and after he takes away his health, the wife comes back to him. And the wife says, why don't you curse God and die? Why don't you curse God and die? And, and still, Job does not curse God. And, and in fact, he gives a beautiful response to the wife. He says, you know what? Naked I came, naked I shall go. This is me. I understand that if my time comes for me to die, I've accepted. I have dealt with it because I cannot control living in this body forever. You, you know, sometimes you want to be in control as people. And that is why when we feel sick, we, we feel like rushing to the... And I'm not saying that people shouldn't go to the doctors. And I'm not saying people shouldn't spend money on doctors. But I'm saying that if, if you are sick, why can't you really accept that God can heal you in your sickness if you are sick why can't you accept the fact that the body sometimes will get tired whether you like it or not if you are sick why can't you accept that you know what there are certain things that men can do and men cannot do but instead we seek for more and more answers and that is why people take advantage of us we go to them and we say heal me and then they will lie to us they take our monies and then we'll be complaining afterwards the question is this are you so comfortable in that body that you do not want to die now job is sick he's, he's, he's having sores all over his body every part of his body is painful to such an extent that he's actually forced to be taken outside the city. Because if you had leprosy at that time, the kind of sickness that Job had, you were not allowed to live amongst the people. You are taken outside the city. There's a heap of ash that you are supposed to go and live in. So he was covered with ash at that point in time. He was living like a pig. He's broken and he's a mess. And he's living like a pig outside the city. He's living like an animal. This was a man who was once rich but his character is still the same even if he's not rich and he's broken and he's in a mess but he understood that you know what i cannot change my character just because i'm reduced to live like an animal i cannot be an animal just because i'm reduced to live like an animal i have to be who god wants me to be i have to be who god wants me to be And then the Bible talks about his three friends who were visiting with Job during his trying times. If you look at Job chapter 2, verses 11 to verse 13, there were three friends who heard of all the evil that had come upon him. They came each from his own place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuite, Zophar, the Namanite. They made an appointment together to come to show their sympathy and comfort to Job. And they saw him from a distance. They did not recognize him. Remember, he's, he's no longer the same. 
He is no longer the same. If he was used to putting on makeup, makeup is no longer there because he cannot afford makeup anymore. If he was used to wearing suits that were Italian made, custom made from Italian, he cannot afford those anymore. He's reduced to living like a pauper. He's reduced to living like an animal. He's living outside the city. He's not even living with his wife anymore because now he's sick. He's confined to a space where he's actually seeking help outside the city. And the only help he can get is to roll himself on the edge. Because he takes away the pain. He's reduced. And his friends couldn't even recognize. They couldn't even see him. They see from a distance. And they started crying. They tore their robes and they sprinkled themselves with dust on their heads. And they sat with him on the ground for seven days and seven nights. And no one said a word. No one spoke for seven days and seven nights. They were speechless. They couldn't say anything. I could imagine them sitting there without even saying nothing. Just looking at their friends and, and with disbelief, they are looking at their friends that this is the man that we used to visit. This is the man who used to take us to draws. This is the man who could book a table at spare anytime. But now he cannot do anything for himself. He's broken and he's a mess. He's sitting there and he's a mess. For they saw that his suffering was very great. It is good when we are facing difficulties that our friends and family come to give us the comfort that we need, the comfort and the support that we need at that point in time. It is good. It is good. And that is why we shouldn't close that gap for our friends and family to give us comfort and support. We need that particular support because the person who's supposed to be giving comfort to Job is the wife and he's, she's not doing that. So the friends come and then they say, you know what, our friends... Is in great grief. And in chapter 15, the conversation starts between friends. Four friends united. But they are reunited under harsh circumstances, under difficult circumstances. And they start to conversate after seven days and seven nights. They start to conversate. And you know the dangers about people is that once they start talking, they have their own opinions. It doesn't matter what happens to you. People will come with their own opinions. And the first person to speak was Eliphaz. And, and once he starts speaking in chapter 4 to chapter 5, he then accuses Job of sinning against God. And therefore, whatever happens to Job is a punishment that God has given unto you. He does not even understand the situation. But yet he comes with his own judgment. He comes with his own interpretations. And that is what is actually happening in our minds sometimes. When one of us is going through certain things, instead of us being bold and brave enough to go and ask them we will sit in a corner as a group and come with different types of speculation speculations that don't even even solve the problem speculations that do not even edify the brother at that point in time and and speculations that don't don't even edify us who are engaged in that speculation but we do that we do that and Eliphaz starts speaking and then he says it's you Job you are in this predicament because you're a sinful person. But if you go to Job chapter 1 verse 1, it says he was blameless. He shunned away from evil. Huh? He obeyed God. So 
What could have caused him to be in this predicament? We understand that Job had nothing to do with it. And, and sometimes we just have to understand that. Now, just because people are going through a difficult thing in their life, it does not mean that they, they have done something for them to be there. Sometimes it's just something that God has actually purposed for them to go through. And that is why we need to be careful of the speculations that we actually throw at people. Because we'll be throwing speculations that do not even concern God in the process. That do not even concern the person in the process. We come up with things that actually satisfy us at the end. Because we'll be left with a suitable answer for our questions. But we are not asking the right questions to the right people. Because if I'm asking the questions about you to myself, I'm going to come up with questions that suit me. But if I ask the right question to the right people, if I ask you what is wrong with you, you are the only one who is in a position to give me a fair response. And these friends are not doing this thing. Speculating. Bildad and Zophar now, if you go to chapter 8 and chapter 11 of Job respectively, they are actually telling Job to repent from his sin. What sin must this repent from? Because he has never done nothing wrong. But yet people tell him to repent just because he's going through something. Some friends he has, eh? Here is a man who is lost and is now sick. And he's probably judging himself about the situation also. Because he could have been sitting alone and says, you know what, I know I've done nothing wrong, but what could be wrong with me? He's, he's already judging himself and now his friends are coming and now they are actually telling him that you are the one who is wrong. He was not at ease at all. Look, look, at, look, look at how he responds to, to Eliphaz in chapter 3. This is what he says. He says, I am not at ease. Job chapter 3 verse 26. He says, I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. He says, I'm not at ease. My, 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 my body is, is itching, is painful. And my spirit also is not, is not at ease. I'm not restful. I'm, I'm restless. In fact, I don't know what's really happening to me. So I am quiet. I have no rest. Because trouble surrounds me. Trouble surrounds me. This is how he responds. But, but I like how he responds in Job chapter 16, verses 1 to verse 4. Because if you look at chapter 17, it's actually a response. But it does not begin there. It begins in chapter 16. In chapter 16, he makes a calculated response to his friends. It, it, because it is easy for people to come and speak and, and, and accuse you because they are not going through the same thing that you're going through. This is what Job is saying, verse 1 to verse 4 of chapter 16. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. Shall windy words have an end? Or what provokes you that you, that you answer? I also could speak as you do if you were in my place. I could join words together against you and shake my head at you. Huh? This is the response of Job. He says, it's easy for you to speak because you are not in my position. But if you were in my position and I in yours, I would say the same thing that you're saying. It would be easy for me to come up with words just because they are words. Not understanding what is it that I'm saying to you. 
not understanding what is it that I'm actually accusing you of. And why am I accusing you of that thing? Because Job at this point in time, he needed comfort from his friends, not judgment or speculations or, or whatever accusations they are coming with. You know, sometimes when you're in trouble, you don't need people to come and tell you what's the source of the problem. Sometimes you need people who come and tell you, you know what, brother, close your eyes now, let us pray. Now, let us pray about this thing now. You, you know, we need to be in that space where we are spiritually strong enough to understand that sometimes when people go through things, it's not because of their cause. It's because of the devil is out there and is fighting against people, whether we like it or not. But what we need to do as a response is to sit down and pray for people so that people must be able to understand that you are not alone. Even in the midst of that situation, God is still there with you. His explanation here is that he already heard what they are actually telling. He says, you know what, you are supposed to be good people who give me good comfort, but you are exactly the same as people who have comforted me before. They were miserable comforters and you are too. You are coming here in a miserable situation. Instead of bringing hope in a miserable state of my, my life, you are actually bringing more and more miserable ideas in my mind. It is easy for people to say things about you when they are not in your position. And that's why gossiping is easy. Because when people gossip, they just say things because they're not you, they are them. And because they are them and they're not you, it's easy for them to say things about you. That's why gossip becomes easy. It's easy for us to sit down now and say, you know what, have you taken a look at that guy? How ugly is he? Because they're not you. So it's easy for you to look at them and, and see them as ugly. But it's not easy for you to look at yourself and say you're ugly. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy for you to say that about yourself. Because when you look at yourself, you always look at things that are positive. And when you look at yourself, you always discard the negative and look at the positive. And when you look at yourself, you don't want to be in a position of pushing yourself back. And that is why it's easy for you to sit back and look at the next person and say, one, two, three. It's easy. The fact is that it's easy for them to say what they say because they are not in this position and they are not going through what he's going through and they are not even trying to understand what he is going through. And that's why he says you are miserable comforters because you are not empathizing with me. You are not sympathizing with me. You are not being friends enough to try and understand what I am going through. If I have sinned against God, yes, but I am in a position that is very painful. I'm, I'm broken hearted. I am miserable. My state is not a good state. I am living outside the city like a pig. And you don't even see that. What you see is that I am wrong. I once had things that I do not have. You cannot even give me comfort because I've, I've lost all of my children. I have no kids now. <clears throat> but instead you're judging me. When we are broken and in a mess, we need friends and people around us who will actually bring us closer to the comfort of God. Why? Because Psalms 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is nearer to the broken heart and saves the crushed in spirit. 
The Lord is nearer to the brokenhearted. So when I am hanging around people in my miserable state, I need people who will take me out of my gloomy situation and help me see that, you know what, even in that situation, God has power to liberate me from whatever situation I'm in. But if I'm surrounded by people who are negative, the power of God will not be visible in my life. Instead, I will not see the power of God because I'll be busy focusing on the negatives that is actually surrounding me. So what we learn from Job at this point in time is that there are two things that we've already learned. The first one is that there's Job, the individual. And the second one is that there's Job, the person who had an environment that was surrounding him. He further explains in Job 17 verse 1, Job, for when a few years have come, I shall go the way from which I shall not return. 1622. This is what he says. When he further explains a situation, he says, you know what? I'm a dying man. I am a dying man. Because if you go to Job 17 verse 1, he says, my spirit is broken and my days are extinct. The graveyard is ready for me. This is what he responds to his friends. He says, you know what? I'm not going to count anything anymore because I feel like I'm dying. My spirit is broken. I am physically ill, but my spirit inside is broken. And my days are numbered. I, I, I am ready for the grave. He says, I, I am dying, man. My spirit is consumed. And the only thing that is waiting for me is the grave. You know, my spirit is broken. He speaks like a man who has actually lost hope. Huh? This is a person who has actually lost hope. And, and you, you cannot blame him because the surroundings, the, the atmosphere that is actually surrounding him, he's not giving him hope, but it's actually getting him to a point where he feels like I need to die. You know, sometimes when people are depressed, we force them into a corner of suicide because we are not being good around them. We are not showing them that out of the depression there is hope. We are not even pointing them to the right direction. We are forcing them into a corner of depression more and more and more and more. And they end up taking their lives. Because they have lost hope. And Job is speaking like a person who's lost hope. <coughs> he becomes hopeless. And that's why he says, my spirit is broken. And I'm, I'm ready for death. I'm sick. My kids are no more. My wealth is no more. I don't live in my house anymore. I live outside the city like a pig, like an animal. So what more do you want from me? The only thing that is left for me is to, I don't see myself going back to a situation where I had my kids. Huh? I don't see myself to a situation where I had my wealth. I don't see myself in a situation where I have my family back. It means I have nothing. And therefore, I have lost hope. I have lost hope. And, and, and for me, this is the interesting part in verse 2. 
Job 17 verse 2. He mentions his friends who are not bringing him any hope at this point. And, and this is what he says about, he says, Surely there are mockers about me, and my eye dwells on their provocation. His friends and his wife all had something negative to say about the situation. They mocked the situation. Instead of bringing hope, they are actually accusing and mocking his situation. They are saying, ha, you are in a situation. Man, you are sinful. They are mocking his situation. And, and, and that's why he says, and my eye dwells on their provocation. He says, I have focused on what they are saying. Sometimes the situation around us or the atmosphere or the people we surround ourselves with, they make us lose focus on God and we focus on them. You, you know, sometimes we allow the environment to make us people who alienate themselves from God. The situation around us or the atmosphere, the environment that we are living in, we allow it to alienate us from God. And this is what Job is actually saying. He says, you know what? You have actually made me focus on you. I've, 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 I've actually lost focus of what is actually important. Sometimes people make us lose focus on the healing power of God, on the blessings of God, and on the hope that God supplies to those in need. He's in need, and God can heal him at this point in time, and God can even supply the strength that he needs at this point in time. But because people are negative around him, they are pointing to things that do not even exist. He focuses on that. He says, "You, you, you I'm, I'm, my eyes are dwelling on, on, on your provocation. You, you are actually forced me to be provoked in a direction that is not even right. You are enticing me to leave God and to focus on you. Your enticements, the environment is very nice uh, uh, when it speaks about the negativity. So because everyone around me is gossiping about my situation, I lose sight of the fact that even in the midst of my situation, God is alive. And then I focus on the gossips and I, I focus on, on defending myself against the gossip. Sometimes it's not your job to defend yourself against the environment. Leave it to God. Focus on him and leave it to him. Because once you start defending yourself from the environment and the situation, you lose sight of God and God moves away from you because you are no longer focusing on him. In, 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 in a simple conclusion that I see from here is that Job is broken and, and, and he's actually living in a mess. But there are things that I see here is that, number one, we have Job the man. And Job the man has a relationship with God. And then we have Job the man, number two, who had a relationship with his environment. And the environment actually can force someone to lose sight of the fact that he needs God more than anything else. And what we need to understand is that in life itself, it's us, it's the environment, it's God, whether we like it or not. And, and, and the environment that we build amongst us should be an environment that makes us have a relationship with God. 
not take us away from God. And the environment that Job was in at this point in time was structured in a way that it could actually lead him away from his God. And that's where the danger is. And that is why Paul said, what fellowship does light have with darkness? And that is quite an important verse because sometimes we take those things lightly and he goes on to quote, to, to write verses like Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2 where he says, you are the, 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 the holy priesthood. And then he says, we, we need to live as living sacrifices. And then he goes on to say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because it's important for us to shape an environment that allows us to see hope even in the midst of a dark situation. To see hope even in the midst of a situation that is very tough when we are focused on God. And when the situation that is around us allows us to see God, even when times are tough, we cannot simply lose hope. And this is Job answering these people. He says, you are a negative influence. You almost make me lose focus. But I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to focus on my God. If you look at verse 3, which I'm not going to go into, you're going to read it in your own time. He says, I'm going to focus on God because the only thing that I need right now is the healing power of God and the redemption that God brings in my life and the deliverance that I'm actually yearning at this point in time because my soul is broken and once a soul is broken it only needs one thing it needs the deliverance of God it does not need anything else but it needs the deliverance of God when we are broken we have to search and seek for God and stop focusing on the things that will actually kill us like depression, anxiety, and stress. And remember that there is no mess that is too messy for God. And, and there's no wound that is too sore and too deep for God. We need to trust and have faith in God. And He will help us even in the darkest moments of our lives. He will create a situation for us to come out of that darkest moment. So let us trust God with everything we have. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the lessons of life each and every single day. We thank you for the Bible, the way that is actually giving us so much more and bringing us closer to you, Father. Help us to read and understand each and every single day that your word will keep us closer to you more and more. Help us to understand that today to build an environment that is filled with people who will help us see the light at all times in darker situations. Help us to fill our environment with people who are positive, people who are filled with the Spirit of God, people who always point us to God, so that sometimes when we go through things, we should not judge ourselves and people should not judge us, but try and help us by always to point us to you, Father. We've learned that Job was in a desperate situation in a dark moment in his life, but no one came to see what he was actually going through but instead people came to judge and to point fingers at him father when he has taught us that once we focus on that we can never focus on you father give us the strength at all times to see you even in the darkest moment in the darkest situation and point us at all times to the right direction to the right people father who will keep the light shining in our lives father we pray that whoever is listening to this lesson may they be people who are shining the light on others may they 
May they be the environment that is good for others. May they be the atmosphere that is good for others, Father. We pray all of this knowing very well that when you sleep tonight, you'll be with us in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen.